become like a to-do list. They just go through the motions. They get trapped by a job, by a relationship that doesn't fulfill them, whatever. And I mean, we all have uh, the ability to change our life. Um, and it just takes being mindful and understanding, like, I'm not really thriving right now. What can I change so I start thriving again? All right, guys, welcome back. This is the Venture Mentality Podcast, of course. As always, I'm your host, Jacob O'Connor, and actually joining me today is co-host, Mr. John Peterson. What's up, everybody? And then we are sitting down with Mr. Eric Hinman here in Denver, Colorado. Eric, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for visiting me in the mountains, guys. <laughs> Absolutely. Super excited for this interview because um, earlier back, I think January, uh, we did an interview. It was really informative. It was back during COVID, actually, whenever like the big part of it was hitting, but that was episode 87, so if you haven't heard that, make sure to go back and check it out. You'll get a lot of the, the background that we're not going to cover here. You'll get that from that episode. But just, you know, in general, Eric, could you bring people up to speed with what you've been doing and what your life's looked like? Yeah, uh, my life has been a giant road trip uh, since COVID. I uh, started off in the desert in Moab. Um, right when the lockdown happened, I had a property that I had rented there and I was able to get grandfathered in to uh, continue staying there and mountain biking, trail running, adventuring, just finding a lot of new spots in the desert. So that kind of kicked off COVID for me as just being outside in solitude. And uh, from there, I went to Fruta, same thing in Fruta, lots of mountain biking and playing outside. And then starting in June, I went on a really long road trip. I started in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and then I went to Flagstaff, Arizona, and then LA for a week to visit a, a friend. In all of these places, I literally just had my mountain bike, a duffel bag with like spandex and socks, a French press, my blender, <laughs> the, the essentials to live a healthy, active lifestyle. Um, and then from there, I went to... Um, the Grand Canyon did a really fun 12-mile trail run in the Grand Canyon, which is beautiful if you guys have not been there. Uh, then I was in Page, Arizona for an adventure that I recommend everyone do, uh, paddleboarding down the uh, Colorado River from the Glen Canyon Dam to Lee's Ferry. It's about a 15-mile stretch, and there's 1,000-foot cliffs that jut up from the Colorado River. The water temperature is 48 degrees, so it keeps you semi-cool when it's 100 degrees out, and it actually feels good to jump in. And you can hike up to the the canyon uh, wall, the top of it, along the way. So one of my favorite things I do each year. And then from there, I was in Steamboat Springs for some higher altitude mountain biking. And then back to Moab for more mountain biking. It was a six-week trip, and it was so much fun. My buddy Brian Gallagher um, was with me as well on it. So I had good company, and you know, was just playing outside every day and meeting up with different people in the various communities throughout the throughout the trek. So... Um, yeah, that was my COVID was just uh, kind of a giant road trip and just being outside in solitude for a lot of the time. Well, wow, that sounds absolutely amazing. Like I know John and myself, we really wanted to get into traveling more lately. And obviously with the podcast starting to give us like a reason to go meet people and mm -hmm. to go out and travel. And we're definitely going to hit the mountains after this. But 
a six week trip like that just sounds absolutely amazing. So much fun. Yeah, it was my first time. I had done an extended road trip like that. I had maybe been gone for two to three weeks at a time in different places. But yeah, that was my first time where I just kind of said, all right, I don't know how long I'm going to be gone for. I'm going to head to LA and then make my way back. <laughs> absolutely. And like this minimalistic lifestyle you have, like you said, you brought your, uh, you brought your blender, you brought your bike, just, you know, not a lot of things to bring with you and just kind of taking on nature, trying to find different places to go, meeting with old friends. Like, where does this lifestyle come from? Uh, so I've learned over time that, like, the less decisions I have to make each day, the the more I can get into a flow state. And, you know, over time, we amass friends, we amass a giant network, we amass lots of things. And, the last several years, I've been trying to simplify a lot of that, just realizing, like, going back to our ancestors, we weren't designed to have, like, huge networks like we have now and access to everything and everyone. We were designed to, you know, live in, like, small tribes. Uh, we were designed to be outside moving, and people often ask me, like, do I take rest days? And I'm like, no, did a caveman take a rest day? They had to find food and shelter. So I feel best when I'm moving and I'm outdoors, and it makes sense why I would feel, you know, best doing that. Um, so yeah, just like simplifying things and, and living life by design, like structuring my days. I pretty much know what I'm going to be doing at any hour, every single day. And I don't have to think about it. Eating is on autopilot. I eat pretty much the same things at the same times every single day. So like the less decisions you have to make and the less, this is one thing I think COVID has been a blessing about is like we have less options. So there's less decisions we have to make because we have less options of like, you know, all the restaurants are closed. Okay. We'll have to cook at home. So, um, as I've, as I've built my life around this structure, I've realized that I don't like having lots of options. I don't like having lots of stimuli. Like I like my life by design, my structure that I have in place each day and, um, you know, having less things to worry about. So I have less decisions I have to make. Mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of people are thinking to themselves like, okay, that sounds great, but how do I get there? Because obviously like you have the freedom in your life to do this, whereas a lot of people are having to go to work for eight or nine hours a day. How did you get to this point and how are you able to maintain this lifestyle on like the financial end? Yeah. So, I mean, the biggest key as a young person getting into business is picking an opportunity where you can build an asset and you can build residual income, essentially mailbox money, money while you sleep. So, um, I was fortunate right out of college. My father gave me an incredible opportunity to build my own property and casualty insurance business. So I spent seven years driving 50,000 miles a year, going door to door, selling insurance to mainly campgrounds and marinas in upstate New York. And, you know, that was able to give me the foundation to then invest in companies. Another opportunity where, you know, I'm building assets and I'm not just trading time for money. I'm investing in something that hopefully will provide, you know, money without me having to do anything. So it's looking up at opportunities from that standpoint. Like, is this allowing me to build an asset? Is this giving me residual income? Um, or, you know, if it is trading time for money, like what you guys are kind of doing right now, is it is it paying for my lifestyle? Like I have a number of different brand deals now for the um, content creation piece with Instagram. And that's trading time for money, but it's doing what I want to do every single day and getting compensated for it. So if you are trading time for money, just make sure that you're doing something that you really, really love 
Um, but yeah, those are the keys. Doing something you love if you're trading time for money uh, or you know, if you're writing what I call a surviving chapter to eventually get to a thriving chapter, picking opportunities where you can build an asset and you can generate residual income. I think that's pretty awesome, honestly. Um, when you were working with your own insurance business and whatever, um, what, was your lifestyle way different from what it is now? I mean, did you still have the same kind of regimen or is it totally changed? Totally changed. Uh, my lifestyle then was very much, you know, work on the weekdays, party on the weekends. I was living for the weekends. I was taking vacations. I was doing everything that, you know, most people do, kind of going through the motions, chasing the public perception of success, accumulating material things, and, you know, doing a lot of things for ego. And <clears throat> when I started training for Ironman 11 years ago, that's really when my mindset and my day-to-day -day shifted. Um, I started to just feel like alive and I had unlimited energy from the training um, and I got more satisfaction from like bettering my run pace at the same heart rate and going faster on my bike and swimming faster than I did from closing another deal and I realized that like I was emotionally tied to money as opposed to just emotionally tied to like good relationships with people and a good relationship with myself so um, Iron Man changed my mindset for that and that's when I started really like designing my life around health and wellness and structuring my day around being the best version of myself and not chasing opportunities as much and really just attracting opportunities by um, by exuding positive energy and meeting people and, and adding value. So, you know, it's a progression. I, I think, you know, we have to figure out who we are, what we enjoy. And once we're able to figure that out, it's designing your day around those things that, you know, make you the best version of yourself that put you in flow state every single day. And then eventually you're going to start attracting, you know, those like-minded, amazing people into your life. You're going to attract opportunities into your life, but it's, it's definitely a progression. It doesn't, uh, doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, flow state. I remember from the uh, last interview we did, that's kind of a big point that we hit on. And I don't think a lot of people realize like what it is and how to get into it. Mm -hmm. And obviously, like you've been able to make that a huge part of your life. So if, I know we hit it on before, but I think it'd be super valuable if you could go back again and kind of reiterate what it is and how you get into it. Yeah, so flow state is just when you're in the present moment. Nothing else matters. Time has basically stopped and you can just get lost. So... Uh, an example for me is mountain biking where, you know, a two hour ride, I am just in the moment. There's really nothing going through my head. I'm not thinking about the past. I'm not anxious thinking about anything else. I'm just like dropped into that very moment. Um, I, I tend to find flow state during activities that are like semi challenging to me, but not so challenging that I can't do it. Um, and you know, having my heart rate up definitely is something that, that helps put me in, in that flow state. And the risk, like knowing that I have to be completely present in the moment, otherwise something bad could go wrong. So like those three components are generally what puts me in the best flow state. So like downhill technical trail running, mountain biking, um, yoga, honestly, I can get into flow state where I'm just like listening to my breath, moving to my breath, not thinking about anything else. And 
So in the moment, you're very present. And what I've noticed is after doing those activities, I'm super present. So it carries over to like, you know, being a good employer, being a good father, being a good um, significant other when you're present with people. Um, So a lot of these, these things, I'll do them not only for the moment, but like after doing it, that state of mind that I have where everything is really clear and I'm really present with whoever I'm around. Uh, but yeah, flow state is, uh, you know, just when you're lost in the moment, you're not thinking about anything else. And I always tell people to write out like throughout the day, like what conversations did you have where you com- you were completely present with the other party? What activities were you doing where you were completely present? And then like what conversations that you had throughout the day or what things were you doing where you were anxious, where you were thinking about other things, where you were like daydreaming or writing down like other things that you would rather be doing. And Like it took time for me to cut all of those things out of my life and just build my days around those things that kept me in the present moment. So what do you, what do you think? Cause you've been on both ends of the spectrum. You have, you know, been the best, um, version of yourself and from your, from your, uh, talks, you haven't been the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. What do you think keeps people from being the best version of yourself? You think it's time or the, the commitment that it takes or is it something else? I think it's being mindful. I don't think a lot of people are mindful about like how high they can perform uh, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And it just, it takes like reflecting on your days, like understanding, like this was a great day. Why was it a great day? You know, what conversations did I have? What environment was I in? What activities did I do that made it a, a great day? And, you know, a bad day, like why was I in a funk that day? Why was I not present that day? Why was I anxious the entire day? And starting to understand, you know, your behavior patterns based on different stimuli. So I think that's the key is a lot of people just become like a to-do list. They just go through the motions. They get trapped by a job, by a relationship that doesn't fulfill them, whatever. And I mean, we all have uh, the ability to change our life. Um, And it just takes being mindful and understanding, like, I'm not really thriving right now. What can I change so I start thriving again? And as you know, to go back a little bit, you talked about cutting things out to in order to get yourself to that flow state and ultimately like your better life i think for a lot of people and i know john and i at certain points like sometimes like school is that thing where you don't really enjoy it Mm -hmm. um but a lot of people say it's something you have to do Mm -hmm. so not even specifically talking about school but in your opinion where's the line between the hard stuff in life that you just have to go through and you have to get through and the things you should cut out Yeah. Um, So I'm a firm believer in placing obstacles in your life. I mean, for me, I'll do these endurance races every year that, you know, by no means do I have to do them anymore to like prove anything to myself. But I just like having hurdles in my life that I have to train for and overcome. Um, I, I think if you're passionate about it and you're not going through the motions, um, if you're passionate, that's when you're doing something right, you know, and it's okay if there's discomfort within it. But if you're just going through the motions to like for the public perception of success, like that's not okay. And, you know, to some degree, education a lot of times is just chasing the public perception of success instead of doing something that truly makes your heart sing or, you know, it's something you're doing for your parent. You're doing it for someone else and and not for yourself. So I think it's thinking through your actions and understanding whether you're doing this for yourself because it satisfies your soul or whether you're doing it for someone else. 
And with that said, like, we're all going to write some surviving chapters and, you know, maybe school is one of them that allows you to meet a bunch of friends, you develop good people um, skills, and then you're able to, you know, form a business because you got good people skills from school. But um, I can't say that I took anything from school, like that I learned educationally and applied it to what I'm doing now. I definitely learned like time management and people skills there, but... I don't know. I feel like I've learned so much more just from like traveling and meeting a lot of people and learning from like-minded people based on whatever chapter I'm writing in life than I did from kind of a forced education for something I may not have been interested in at the time. Absolutely. And, you know, not to take too hard of a write, but as we were looking at your lifestyle, as we're looking at everything that you're doing, would you, do you have like an actual bucket list or are you just kind of like, oh, that looks cool. Let's go do it. Mm -hmm. I really don't have much of a bucket list. It's more of that looks cool. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm more of a day by day or, you know, I'll plan a couple weeks ahead, but I don't like planning too far ahead anymore. I've just realized that like life is going to take you where it takes you. You're going to have all of these random collisions with people and experiences. And it's so hard to like say in five years from now, I want, you know, a cabin, a dog, a wife, a kid. <laughs> like, I don't know where life's going to take me. So it's just kind of letting life unfold. And I like to tell people to chase perfect days. Like that's, that's kind of the holy grail is figuring out what is your perfect day? Can I replicate it? And then can I monetize a portion of it? That's awesome. I've never heard that before. Chase the perfect day. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. I liked it a lot. So That's really cool. Um, so we talked about what, you, what you've done in the past, what you're doing now. What are some big things coming up for you? Like whether it's business-wise, whether it's endurance-wise, like what are you, where are you looking to go now? Yeah, I was signed up this year for several in, uh, endurance events. I was going to do the Leadville mountain bike race, 104 miles, got canceled. So next year, that's definitely on the list of things to do. Um, I was planning on doing rim to rim to rim. It's like a 45 mile trail run through the Grand Canyon in a couple weeks. But my friends who I, I was going to do it with, they haven't, uh, they, just other things came up for them and they're not able to do it or they just hadn't been putting in the hours training to be able to do it. So I think that's going to get put off until next year. Uh, again, like life gets in the way and it's like when Leadville got canceled, yeah, for five minutes, I was a little bummed, but I'm like, I can't control it. Like, what am I going to do? I'm still having fun mountain biking every single day. So I'm going to continue to do what I love every day. Um, I have a half marathon in Joshua Tree in November that is still on. So I'm planning on, on doing that. Um, I do the Ultimate Hawaiian Trail Run every year in Hawaii. Obviously, it was canceled this year, but next year I'll be I'll be doing it. So, from an event standpoint, that's that's what I'm working on. Uh, from a business standpoint, um, I'm really just trying to live this chapter to the fullest right now. So, just fulfilling brand obligations that I have, where you know I can live my life the way I do and share that with people. Hopefully, inspire them to live a life of health and wellness and to live a life by design. And then, you know, I'm working with brands that align with my lifestyle. So, which, I'm honestly uh, Vital Proteins Beam, uh, who I know you know, one of the co-founders, Matt, incredible dude. Uh, Hyperice is a new contract I just got. They make Normatec boots and the uh, percussion gun. Uh, they have this uh, back heated stimulation device. They have a vibrating foam roller. Um, <clears throat> 10,000 is a brand that I've worked with since inception. I was an early investor in them, an apparel brand based in uh, New York City. 
And then we're chatting with a bunch of other different brands right now about long-term partnerships. So, oh, Whoop is uh, the other partner that I have. So tracking your sleep, tracking your activity, tracking your recovery. Um, and I have a team of about 500 people uh, that all, it's just this little friendly competition. The group is called Better Than Yesterday if anyone wants to join. And everyone's competing on there every day for activity and strain score and sleep and recovery score. So it's kind of cool seeing the community that's formed uh, formed around that. Um, sweat crawls, I'm excited to start doing again. That's something I was doing pretty much every month in a different city pre-COVID. Basically like a bar crawl, but instead of going to bars, we're going to a couple different fitness studios with a group of like 50 to 60 gentlemen in, in a community. And we'll do like a CrossFit workout and then run a mile to a yoga studio, do a flow, and then go to some kind of after party where it's either brunch or we're doing recovery things like ice baths and heat and, and uh uh, foam rolling, et, et cetera. So I'm excited to start putting those on again soon, hopefully starting January 1st. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned recovery. I think that's something really important for us to to talk about here because, you know, I know personally, like I like to lift a lot mm -hmm. um, and you get super tight, get super sore. Mm -hmm. And what I've started to realize lately is like the importance of stretching and that recovery. So what does your recovery regimen look like? Yeah, we, we chatted about this before we jumped on this, but uh, hot yoga every single day. And I started doing that January 1st. I committed to 30 days. I went every single day in January. Uh, March 15th, when COVID hit and the yoga studio shut down, I, I fell off the wagon and then got back on mid-June and pretty much have gone every single day since mid-June. So I really think yoga is an incredible practice just to you know stretch all of those um, muscles that you're uh, tightening when you're doing a lot of the the CrossFit and strength training. It's also great for your mind, where you know it just like for us high energy athletes, Type A personalities, it calms our high energy. So you know we can show up with calmer energy and you know make space for for people and be present with people. So I definitely do uh, preach doing yoga on a regular basis. I also do heat and ice. I have a setup here where I can do it at night. I have an infrared sauna back in my laundry room. I have an ice barrel outside. I have a, a jacuzzi tub where I can do hot Epsom salt baths. So here my routine would be um, like a 20 minute hot Epsom salt bath and then five to seven minutes in my ice barrel uh, with about 120 to 140 pounds of ice in it. The water temp is like 40 degrees. I'll do that for two rounds. Um, and then I have a number of friends or different places where I can go and I can use a barrel sauna, which is at like 200 degrees. Uh, we'll sit in there for about 20 to 25 minutes and then we'll go into uh, one of the stock tanks or those uh, metal feed troughs and do an ice bath in that for five to seven minutes and we'll do two to three rounds of that. So I'm religious about doing recovery stuff and I know it looks like I work out all day every day and I do move a lot, but what people don't see is I'm doing almost as much recovery every single day. So if I'm training three hours a day, I'm doing an hour and a half to two and a half hours of recovery in the in the evening to prep everything for the next day to be able to move again. Yeah, I was going to say, you said you're 40 now, right? Yep. And it's incredible to see you being 40 and still moving like this and doing all of these things. And it makes complete sense when you see your recovery regimen mixed with the high intensity workouts you're doing. Yeah, longevity. I mean, that's what I'm training for now. And, you know, I used to be able to just run myself into the ground every single day and not do any recovery stuff and run myself into the ground. But over time that, I mean, that wears on your body, it wears on your mind. And the last four or five years, um, 
I've yeah focused more and more on the recovery aspect of it for training more so than the exercise component. <clears throat> and you know that also is like I very rarely sit. I'm moving most of the day. I eat healthy. I get eight eight hours of sleep every single night. So you know there's all of this is kind of a snowball effect. Like by doing these recovery things, I'm getting deep sleep. By exercising, I want to eat healthy. So. Um, I stick to these routines for that reason because I know they're a snowball effect and I know how easy it is to get into a new routine that could be bad. I'm good. All right, yeah, I think that that pretty much will conclude things here. And I know I asked you this last time, but your answer could have changed. So I'm going to go ahead and give you the, the final question as always. But so when you die, the only thing that matters is the difference that you made or the impact that you had. So that being said, what difference or what impact are you looking to make? Uh, I want people to live their best life. I want them to be the best version of themselves. So, you know, I hope that what I share on social media uh, allows people to realize they can design their days. Like, you know, there's so much more untapped potential within themselves if they focus on movement, self-care, recovery, deep sleep, eating healthy. So I think it's just inspiring people to be the best version of themselves.